Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I'm Stephanie Filion. And this is Unscripted. As New York City sizzles through the final weeks of summer, work usually slows down at the United Nations, but not for Polish Ambassador Joanna Wronecka. Poland has assumed the rotating presidency of the Security Council for August, and she has important items on her to-do list before the General Assembly convenes in September and heads of state descend on the UN in New York. This is the very first episode of Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats and the reporters covering them. On today's show, we chat with Ambassador Wronecka of Poland about being a female diplomat in male-dominated settings and her plans for her Security Council presidency. On the agenda right now is the reintegration of child soldiers into society, commemorating the 70th anniversary of the Geneva Conventions, and also the International Day of Victims of Violence Based on Religion. To mark that day, Poland has invited a wide range of speakers from various religious groups, including Yazidis, but they're still waiting on confirmation regarding visas for an official list. Before we get into that, Stephanie, who is Ambassador Wronecka and how did she end up in New York? So Ambassador Wronecka speaks five languages, of course, Polish and English, but also German, French and Arabic. This helped her a lot when she joined the Polish Ministry of Foreign Affairs in 1993. The Soviet Union had just fallen a few years earlier and Poland was transforming into a democracy. With a PhD in Oriental Studies, she was eventually posted in countries in the Middle East, North Africa, and West Africa. But her first placement was in Warsaw's UN department, and so coming to New York to lead Poland's two years on a Security Council was kind of logical. And how would you characterize Poland's role in the Security Council? Well, the country often has to walk a tightrope between the European Union and Russia which leads Poland to be a quite quiet player at the UN, even though it sits next to Russia at the council table, and most of the time they seem to get along pretty well. So the Polish president is not coming for the council presidency in August. Why not? The president of Poland, N.J. Duda, won't travel to New York City this time in August. It may be because he's going to attend the General Assembly in September. Instead, Poland's foreign minister will attend a meeting on the Geneva Conventions. There are rumors that the German foreign minister, Eko Maas, will also be attending, maybe because of his friendship with his Polish counterpart. We met with Ambassador Wronecka in her office at Poland's mission to the United Nations. It's in a skyscraper in Midtown, so you will hear sounds from the streets below. That's the city for you. first tell me what drove you to diplomacy? Do you come from a family who was involved in politics or are you the first one? No, I'm not from a family of uh, diplomats, but I can say that thanks to my uh, family, my grandfather, my father and my family who are the teachers, I have the chance to learn very early the foreign languages, to uh, grow up in an atmosphere of uh, good education. So I will always remember my uh, lady teacher in, in French, and I have beautiful and, and very, very, very nice memories of her. When you started your career as a diplomat, you were posted in many countries in the Middle East, so 
Jordan, Morocco, Egypt. You were the first woman ambassador to Egypt from Poland. How has, you know, being a woman, how was it in all of these positions and how do you think it's influenced your role as ambassador? At that time, and it was the end of 1999, Egypt had 33 women ambassadors abroad, you know. And at that time, Poland had only five. So <laughs> I will not comment. But of course, today, with all my experience, I could say that I was very well prepared for my career because I had not only, you know, this theoretical pre preparation thanks to my specialization and the fact that I speak Arabic, but also I have my my professional uh, experience. So in different countries, when you are well prepared, of course, the people appreciate because you have the motivation, the fact that you speak the language open or doors. And when I served, for example, in Morocco, and at a certain moment we had like 13 ladies ambassador, not speaking Arabic. So you should ask how somebody who is not speaking Arabic can mm -hmm. can deliver. So this question, I think, uh, it's not anymore relevant because it's about the professionalism of the people. How is your life in New York City? How is it different? Uh, than your previous experiences? Being in New York, it's first of all a, a hard uh, job, especially being an elected member of the Security Council. We have to cope with the agenda of the Security Council, but also to be well prepared. So when we agree, we deliver. Uh, we try to, of course, be extremely constructive and positive and to come. Uh, with good solutions, so solution-oriented approach. Allow me also to mention that uh, for Poland, we are coming to the Security Council after 20 years, because last time it was in 1996-97. So there is a gap, uh, and we have to fulfill with, with professionalism and a lot of hard work, which we are doing, I think. So before jumping on the topic of the Security Council uh, presidency, can you tell us a little bit about your life in New York City? Are you here with your family? What part of town do you live in? Uh, and maybe what do you like to do when you're not working solving crisis around the world? You will believe or not, uh, I have not free time, you know, for my pleasures. Uh, Uh, leisure, uh, of course, I like to visit museum, to, to go to opera and cinema. So it happened that I have this chance, but not so often. So maybe when we uh, will accomplish our mission in the Security Council, I will feel more free. Uh, of course, I live on Manhattan on the east side, close to the uh, UN. And, uh, of course, a part of uh, working hardly in the Security Council, uh, I pay special attention to develop good contacts uh, with my colleagues, uh, permanent uh, representatives, but not only with all UN family, the secretariat, but colleagues uh, who are working in different missions. Uh, I think here we have this privilege to deal with very distinguished, experienced diplomats, high-level diplomats. So 
I enjoy the company of the people because you have extremely intelligent people, professional, uh, with different perspectives. So um, uh, this I enjoy. I try to organize social, what we call social life. So some invitations, discussions, dinners, uh, where I uh, try to bring some uh, yes, uh, intellectual contribution as well. So till now it's working and uh, I enjoy from that perspective, but to be free, uh, maybe next year I will have this chance. And were you able to find any good Polish restaurant in New York City or a good Polish bakery? Thanks to the Polish community living in New York, we have a lot of good restaurants, Polish shops and also articles or uh, you know, good food, uh, typically or originally Polish. So yes, uh, uh, whenever I organize dinner or uh, receptions, I try to bring uh, very good Polish uh, food to promote the country and hopefully Polish specialities are well known and appreciated here in, in New York. So. This is uh, not always you have this chance when you are posted abroad. Uh, here, it's thanks to the presence of Polish community. How is it to be one of the few women sitting on the Security Council? Now, when you look to the numbers, uh, I think we are 49 uh, permanent representative ladies in general in New York. Uh, in the Security Council, for the time being, we have the ambassador from UK, mm -hmm. myself, but from time to time ladies are also coming because you have deputy permanent representatives, so this uh, feminine element uh, is there. It's about the professionalism, so I feel very comfortable because the colleagues uh, are very nice. I hope I am also <laughs> very nice so too to create a, a good atmosphere of cooperation for me it's a condition for a good professional uh, approach and uh, i see no difference so now let's move to the month of august it's an interesting month because it's before the un general assemblies so i would ask you know personally as you know the last presidency of this term on the security council what are your goals what how do you want to mark this month Although it's August, we will try to uh, again deliver uh, and we never know what will happen in August. So we have to be ready for any kind of proposals, suggestions from member states. The first priority is upholding the international law, so it's about standards. The second one is focusing on protection of civilians, so international humanitarian law, human rights law. We are planning four main events. On 2nd of August, we will organize an open debate on the situation of children in armed conflicts. This is in, in accordance, of course, with the uh, Security Council agenda, but we are very pleased, thanks to our excellent cooperation with Special Representative, Madame Virginia Gamba, that it will happen during our presidency. We try to mm, always choose a topic never discussed. For example, we noticed that the question of reintegration of children 
especially soldier children, uh, was never discussed, so we organized a side event. 13 of August, uh, just to uh, focus on the role of international humanitarian law and 70th anniversary of Geneva Convention, we will bring the issue of protection of civilians standards uh, to the Security Council. We think that still there is a need for discussion from the practical point of view how we implement the international humanitarian law. Maybe we are repeating that all the time, but when you see how people suffer, uh, you know how difficult it is to have the access to the people in the conflict situation where a city is completely bombarded or blocked, I think we have the moral obligation to bring the issue of standards. Let's put it this way. We have Geneva Convention, we have all legal instruments to be implemented, but it's uh, when we speak about standards, it's about the implementation of existing legal instruments. And we have the tendency to forget about it, that uh, this kind of standards, when you have the agreement, even during the war, you need to respect the, the, the agreements. So 20 of August, we are planning to organize a, a debate on Middle East, uh, but with the focus on uh, rather horizontal uh, issues, especially looking to the root causes of some conflicts. Uh, 22nd of August, uh, Poland, in our national capacity, we will organize an area. This time is about the safety security of religious minorities. Why this question? Because uh, we would like to inaugurate on the 22nd of August the commemoration of victims of the religious persecution. Thanks to the Polish initiative, the Secretary, uh, the Assembly General adopted the resolution, and the resolution established on the 22nd of August International Day to commemorate the victims of uh, religious persecution because of the religious belief. So again, a discussion to contribute positively to a reflection, how maybe to prevent this kind of uh, of situation. Can you tell me a little bit more about what conflict in the Middle East you want to discuss? Usually when you think uh, Middle East, it's about the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Uh, but here we would like to tackle the issue from different perspective. To look more positively, you know, we are dealing with people. The people have concrete needs from the social point of view, economic, in the context of conflicts. What are your thoughts on how the Security Council could work w best in terms of how it could be reformed? I think uh, we can improve, we can speak in a more attractive way, I mean to be shorter, to respect certain order in our daily work. I should mention transparency. I have a difficult task of chairing three sanctions committees, Sudan, South Sudan and Iraq, so I have my experience and, uh, you know, the countries affected should be respected as well. So I try to be in good contact with, with them to uh, explain in a concrete way uh, what is uh, the real aim of our discussion. We created recently 
uh, informal formula. It's SOFA meetings where informally we are meeting since now three months to discuss the most uh, difficult issues in order to find a good solution. Can you tell me a little bit about your working relationship with the United States and how it's changed since Nikki, Ambassador Nikki Haley left? I always had a very good uh, relations with Ambassador Nikki Haley. She left, but immediately when she left, of course, we have a charge d'affaires, uh, Jonathan. We established immediately excellent relations because we need each other. U.S. needs us and we need uh, for our initiative or daily work others. But this is somehow interesting that you are happy to come to the Security Council because every day uh, with all efforts we, we deploy because the colleagues are so nice and helping each other. And it shouldn't take Poland 20 more years to be back on the Council? The member, permanent members are privileged because they have always the institutional memory. Mm -hmm. For us newcomers, it's about re-establishing somehow this uh, institutional memory. So after 20 or 25 years, it's difficult because the geopolitical situation will change, the diplomats will change. So we are contributing to something, but hopefully we will we will prepare uh, the ground maybe after 25 years but still you know it's very human but we should always appreciate efforts of others this episode was produced by me casey candela and reported by stephanie filion for pass blue an independent women-led site covering the united nations and global affairs Dulcie Leimbach is our editor. AI Digital created our podcast logo, and our music is by Poddington Bear. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted, and Pazlu is covering the important news from women's rights to human rights to the Trump effect on the UN. For day to day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And do subscribe to our newsletter. Go to PassBlue.com. PassBlue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, The New School, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit PassBlue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. If you like today's show, please rate us on iTunes and share with all your friends.